Panzercrush.com <laughs> I am your host, Chris Eaton. Alright, it's just me today, people. Uh, Jessica is knee-deep in work for uh, the upcoming con season, which begins this weekend with Anime Expo. Um, She has a couple of panels and uh, a couple of, um, let's just say, business prospects that she has to um, attend to. So it's just me today. Uh, I am going to go over some little bits of news, uh, what we are doing for uh, this upcoming con season, and uh, you know we're going to talk a little bit about the fallout of Godzilla King of the Monsters, because there's been a few things I have seen that have annoyed the crap out of me, um, just based on pure speculation and it, n- lack of knowledge of uh, how, uh, how the industry works. Uh, but before that, uh, I just want to know, I don't believe I mentioned it on the last episode, but we do have an Instagram that you can follow us on now. We are at the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast on Instagram. You can follow us there. Uh, please do, because, uh, like I said, we got con coming up, and a lot of our stuff will be posted there. We will also continue to post stuff on the Facebook page as well, because that is pretty much our uh, our home base. But uh, do give us a give us a follow. You know, there's there's stuff there that will be posted that won't be posted uh, either that or or our Twitter. So come find us. All right, moving into this post King of the Monsters world, I have watched and I've gotten in the middle of a lot of <laughs> speculative arguments. I know this is gonna sound like me whining and bitching. It's 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 not. I just wanted to kind of put some things out there. Um, so everyone's freaked out over the performance and over the Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Now, we're a month out. The film's pretty much leaving theaters. Uh, that's not a bad thing, because most movies don't last more than a month unless they're really something special now. So, everyone got hung up on the Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Uh, I wouldn't get hung up on those things, because... In pretty much this day and age, you need to consider two things. One, critics nowadays are lumped in from your professional critics, which are people who work for like LA Times, you know, New York Times, Washington Post, stuff like that, reputable, established uh, um, news outlets. And then places like Slash Film, Collider, and any other, anybody with a blog that is certified by Rotten Tomatoes is considered a film critic. Now, when you look at that, the other thing you have to remember is that film critics, in this day and age, in our current culture, review a film with their uh, politics first, and then whether or not the film actually succeeds in what it, it you know sets out to do second. So, even though Godzilla's sitting at that, like, 43%, you look at, I would say, if you even bother to deal with anything with Rotten Tomatoes, always look at the audience score because they will tell you, they will, for the most part, give you a better idea of how the movie is. 
Like all those Fast and Furious films, they do fantastic. They're not critics' darlings at all, but uh, they are what you would call a um, they're they're they're, uh, they're crowd pleasers. Um, and a lot of you know the films this summer have been crowd pleasers. They have not been critical darlings, and uh, that's why the Oscars is kind of you know faltering because well for the most part the taste of the audience and the taste of the critics are there's a chasm bigger than the Grand Canyon between them um, and leading into that a lot of people will blame all oh, the critics you know they kind of killed Godzilla first off nothing killed Godzilla the movie's done decent it is it a bomb in no way no it's not a box office bomb it did underperform a little bit but uh, we are now two months into summer we're in July now so summer officially began the weekend that uh, Avengers Age of or Avengers Endgame came out, so every film released between then and now uh, have been considered summer films. And if it hasn't been a Disney film, or it hasn't been a, and even then, uh, we'll get to that in a second, or it doesn't have Counter Reeves in it, it has underperformed. Now there hasn't been a, there hasn't been a lot of real box office bombs, but there have been a lot of. Well, let's just say they didn't do exactly what the studios had hoped they would do. And that's what we considered an underperforming film. Uh, by all means, Toy Story 4, which opened last weekend as of this recording, underperformed. Yes, it's done $238 million, but Disney was hoping for a little more. I mean, it dropped roughly 50%, which uh, is good for, you know, it's modest for a big film. Because a lot of people don't go see films twice you know, more than twice or even three times. So you're going to lose all that weekend audience. But Secret Life of Pets, Men in Black International, these things have all, they were all, they, they were almost seemed like surefire hits. All completely underperformed. Even though they're making money, Secret Life of Pets has made a lot of money. It, I mean, it was budgeted at 80, it's at 131 right now. But Universal was hoping for more. They were hoping to see that at 200 now, considering the first film opened at close to what the total gross is at right now. Same thing happened with Godzilla. Godzilla opened at 90, which just now passing 106. Uh, and these are all domestic. That means North America only. Mostly just America. That's not, that's not even really counting Canadian box office. A worldwide, different thing. You need to. Everybody needs to know, or at least if you don't know these things, um, worldwide box office now for these huge tentpole films is where uh, studios look at to see whether or not they are bankable. Uh, Fifteen years ago, if Godzilla opened and it only made 106 against the budget, at this point, it would be considered a bomb. It would be considered, you know, failing to make money. But because international box office is what this thing was made for, it's doing all right. It's not doing bad. It's, 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 um... It's hanging in there, and it's doing better than a lot of other things. Let's just say that. Uh, I know China has allowed the film to run for another couple of weeks. They extended its run because it's doing pretty well over there. Um, and as much as people say, well, you know, they only get so much, I, I don't think that 20% holds as as much anymore. I, I do believe they might, you know, the studios might be getting a little more back, considering that... Um, the bulk of like Chinese box office is still like American films. They eat the stuff up with a spoon, man. Um, but as for actual hits, the only thing that's been a hit this summer has been Avengers, which 
if it didn't, there was something wrong with the universe. And John Wick 3. John Wick 3 has made more than the first two John Wicks. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's run so far, and it's still holding on in seven weeks. It's made $161 million against what I think was like a $25 million budget. These, those films are not expensive at all. And uh, as long as they keep making money, they're going to keep churning those things out. But you have, you know, Aladdin, which which has been holding on. That has done very well for Disney. It's got 306 at uh, at the domestic box. I know Disney was hoping a little bit higher, but worldwide it's doing very well for itself. But then you have Men in Black International, not doing that well. You have uh, Rocket Man did all right. Didn't do didn't set the world on fire. They're hoping for some of that sweet sweet um, Bohemian Rhapsody money. Mm-mm, not not uh, not getting that. Your absolute bombs. You have Dark Phoenix, which completely tanked upon launch. You have Anna, uh, which is Luke Besson's new movie. Um, that has, I mean, it's only in week two and it dropped nearly sixty percent. That's a huge loss. Shaft is a bomb. Uh, Ma, that's a no. That's a hit because that was only five million dollars since gross forty four. So you got to realize studios right now the the mid range film like your romantic comedies used to cost like twenty million dollars or twenty five million dollars. Those are those are non existent. It's either big budget or super low budget. Uh, like this weekend, Annabelle comes home. That is not an expensive movie. I think that movie sits at like a ten million dollar budget, uh, and it's going to do exceptionally well. It's going to do exceptionally well for for uh, Warner Brothers because it they all do. They all they all have tiny budgets and horror films for the most part tend to do great business. I mean, even Child's Play which didn't quite meet the uh box office expectation, it's already made 25 million dollars against a 10 million dollar budget. So it's done well for itself. Like you cannot you you can't deny it. Um so when I say that don't worry about Godzilla, I wouldn't worry. There was all that talk about the head of Warner Brothers th- talking about moving it. That was just some, that was just you know a knee-jerk reaction because they, I think that it was like a senior a cinema Europe kind of thing, um, where I believe that's where they showed footage from Kong versus Godzilla too, um, and he was talking about like maybe moving it like as far as. Nothing. Nothing's been said, but as far as Warner Brothers is concerned, as they said so far officially, Kong versus God, Godzilla versus Kong is still set for March, mid March. And honestly, that's probably where Godzilla King of the Monsters should have stayed. I know they were afraid of being wedged between Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, and you know they had all right. They 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 were they were smart to like, hey, maybe we wait because Captain Marvel proved to be a big hit. But at the same time, you know, it, Godzilla was supposed to come out three weeks after Captain Marvel, and it had a month leading into um, leading into Endgame. It probably would have done just as much, if not better, in that same amount of time. Uh, because Dumbo turns out no one really went and saw. Like, that wasn't really that big of a hit. Um, so I would stop worrying about... And stop giving any credence to any of the rumors that... Warner Brothers and Legendary are done after Kong vs. Godzilla because it's when their contract's up. No one knows any of that stuff. No one knows anything. It's all hearsay. It's all BS rumors. 
uh, the fact that Toho's taking it back. They're not taking anything back. They can still make their own films. In fact, the fact they have proven that they can still make their own films when they want. Uh, and believe me, I'm pretty sure they would rather be let. They would rather let Legendary and Warner Brothers make these movies because they all they all they're doing is signing off on stuff and sitting back and collecting a check. Believe me, they got a nice chunk of change from this film when all said and done. Godzilla is just, it's at this point in time, it's a marketing tool for them. You know, it's more about, like, what can we merchandise on it? That's it. Now, does that mean they're not going to make more movies on the, you know, out of the studio? Probably, they probably will. I mean, the, I mean, Shin Godzilla made probably more than any other Godzilla movie Toho's ever produced. But it also had the fact that Hideki Anno was behind it, who is a messiah in the anime industry. He's very well revered, and if you have, you know, dipped your toe into the Evangelion pool after this week, when since it's uh, come on to uh, Netflix, for a lot of people who have never gotten a chance to see it, which is strange to me, but considering that show is 25 years old now, um, yeah, it's it's it shouldn't be too strange. You, you got to realize, like Ava is like the, uh, it, it's like the New Testament in Japan. That show changed like landscapes of how anime is done, how uh, just how industry operates. There, I mean, it was supposed to, was never meant to be the phenomenon it was. It was just, you know, hey, I, I do believe the story, like, Gynex wasn't really even doing that well. It was just, like, let's do this. Because I think it all came down to, like, the head of Gynax was arrested on tax evasion because of that show. Um, but, you know, Ano taking a break from doing the rebuild films and that, that's Part of what kicked it, and not only that, but he wrote a movie. He he created he and Shinji Aguchi created a film that spoke to Japanese audiences. I know a lot of people don't like Shin Godzilla. I really like Shin Godzilla. It's and again, I'm always pushing for something different. We, you know, the Millennium films showed like you you repeat the formula so many times they become boring. I don't you know for personally for me, I don't care for against Mechagodzilla. I think it's the most boring. Of all the films, does it mean I hate it? No, I mean I'll go back. I rewatched it in my um, in my binge leading up to um, Godzilla versus or Godzilla King of the Monsters. But again, it also showed it's like, eh, like it's part of the reason why I love Final Wars. Part of the reason why I love Mega Gears. It's part of the reason, you know, I actually like those anime films. They try something different, and for the most part, I I feel like they succeed at it, um, and they're not bastardizing it like the Sony film did where it's like, we're taking the name, we're just re- we're redoing, we're throwing everything out and starting from scratch. It's like, no. Take what's come before you, give it a spin, but, you know, still, you know, stay true to the spirit of it. And that's what Shin Godzilla did. I mean, I do, you know, I love the methods they created. And not only that, but if you really want to get picky about it, you know, just it's an alternate universe. Think of it as a completely different Godzilla from any of the other Godzillas that came before it, so. Um... So I, I guarantee we will hear something. You know, it probably won't be Shin Godzilla 2, but we'll see something else. We'll see someone will get another crack at doing it. You know, Toho will do another Godzilla film down the road. Whether it be another anime, whether it be another live action, they'll do something. But it probably won't be to the extent that we saw back in the 90s or even the early 2000s. Like, cranking that one out a year. Because um, I know everyone bases all that off what Shinji Aguchi said a couple of years ago at that horror show in Texas, and he's like, oh, well, you know, after 2020, you know, Toho gets it. It's like, now, look, no one but Toho, Legendary, and Warner Brothers know what's really going on. And if I were to put, you know, a bet on 
on anything, I would say that um, Kong vs. Godzilla Unlisted is an outright bomb. Like, it completely tanks. And I don't see that happening. Um, they keep doing these movies. They will keep cranking these out. Because, again, franchises are the paydays for these studios. Disney has, hell, like five of them right now. Everyone's getting into the streaming market. Um, I know next year, uh, uh, what is it? Com? No, it's not Comcast. Who just bought? Uh, <coughs> I forgot who just bought Warner Brothers. But they they are starting their own streaming service. Like you're gonna see uh, the landscape change, probably not for the better, uh, for the, at least the next five years, um, just because of what Netflix has started. And I guarantee these Godzilla. The, at least, you know, the MonsterVerse continues in some form or another. Even if it's like an animated series, which, by the way, I would not be against. I would love for them to do another Godzilla animated series. Especially based on all the all the world building that these three films, uh, you know, the 2014, Kong's Gone, and especially this one, have built on. It is ripe. They are doing it right. And I still stand by that testament. Like, if you're going to do a shared universe, this is how you do it. You know, just you know, take just build upon the uh, the the fantasy elements. And again, I, I if you didn't like this film, it's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I don't get it, but hey, that's 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 your you do you, man. Um, but again, we'll probably hear something after Kong versus Godzilla. You know, of them continuing on, even if it's another Kong film. If it's another Godzilla film, if it's something else, but I don't see Warner Brothers, and especially Legendary, unless Legendary completely goes under, uh, and the rights, someone would have to buy the rights. Like Warner Brothers would have to go buy the rights directly from, or obtain the rights directly from uh, Toho for that. But I, I see them continuing this 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 train. You know, even though you know the film didn't exactly knock it out of the park like they wanted to. It's not alone. Every the lot, most of this other stuff that's been coming out has been pretty much underperforming. So it's a matter of perhaps studios looking at the release schedules now, and you know there's no there's no more Avengers End Games coming down the line. Uh, we have Star Wars coming out in December, and then past that there's going to be no Star Wars for a few years. So the, the field's open. I mean, in and I'm. I, I've been saying, like, now that Endgame's done, now that that, that uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are done with uh, Marvel, Marvel itself will probably start seeing a decline in uh, in their films. I know they still got Spider-Man, but, you know, hey, Sony ha- has been doing well with their spinoffs. The stuff that people said in the, would not work in a million years. Venom was a runaway hit. Venom, by all means, should have been one of these box office bombs. It was a hit. It was not only was it a hit here, it was a hit in China. So they're going to do more Venoms, and they're talking about maybe shoving, shoehorning Venom in that Venom, the Tom Hardy Venom, into the Marvel, uh, into the Marvel universe. Or I say something more. I say this, and I say this is more likely what's going to happen. Sony pulls the deal with Marvel, and Spider-Man goes back to just being Spider-Man in his own little universe because they've proven that Spider-Verse, all this other stuff, they can do it if they wanted to. And Spidey, as much as I said, he's not that character that can really contain a whole universe on his own. They're doing it, and uh, they found a way. So, if they lose Spider-Man, I say that they start tanking because, believe me, man, they don't have a lot uh, coming down the line. They got X-Men. That, that'll probably help them out a lot. But uh, 
you know, they keep trying to spin uh, garbage into gold, and I don't. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna hit a wall sooner or later. If they're really doing Eternals. I don't think Eternals is gonna be any sort of hit. That might be their first actual. Uh, I would consider just in in loose terms failure. But uh, I, I'm digressing. I'm just getting too deep into this into this whole box office mess. Pretty much. You're going to see studios rethink how they release, especially a summer schedule. You know, this stacking huge temple after temple on top of each other, it's clearly not working. It's it's the snake eating its own tail. That's why I see Kong versus Godzilla stain in March. Um, and I guarantee it'll do fine. It's Unlike this film, it's two big names. It's, a, it's something that hasn't been done in decades. And the last Kong film did very well. And I... I no even average person is going to be like, Kong? Yeah, I'm probably going to go see that. Which means you might see more, like you might see, other than a God, the third Godzilla movie, you might see another Kong versus Godzilla movie. You might, there might be something of that matter. So, I wouldn't worry too much. We'll know come this time next year. I guarantee around July of next year, we will know the true fate of the MonsterVerse. We'll know what Toho's up to. But one way or another, it's, uh, something's going to continue to be made because there's you know they're still making money at these things one way or one way or another I mean how they managed to make another Pacific Rim so that I don't think they're going to stop making Godzilla movies just because one underperformed that's not how you do franchises anymore Something that got lost in the shuffle uh, when Shin, uh, or I'm sorry, not Shin Godzilla, when Godzilla King the Monsters opened over in Japan, the uh, I think it was the Universal Cool ex- Exhibit. I, I forgot what it's called, but at Universal Studios Osaka, they did their they're doing their yearly uh, like anime um, lineup where they introduce these temp rides, and this year uh, they're doing uh, Evangelion versus Shin Godzilla. 4D experience. So pretty much you're sitting in a 4DX theater. The seats move and there's a bunch of stuff that comes in and you're watching in 3D. It's a 17 like minute attraction. It's all in CG and it's pretty much the you know accumulation of what turned out what was an online joke into reality of Shin Godzilla fighting Evangelion. And all because it's all connected to Ano. But the big thing that came out of it is that we got a Shin Ghidorah out of it. I know a lot of people don't call him, aren't calling him Shin, I'm calling him Shin Ghidorah. Anything that Ano, Ano is touching or has anything to do with it, I'm just putting Shin in front of it because that's his own little world that he's crafted. And he's awesome. He's awesome. I, uh, someone uh, took, uh, they, they filmed the attraction. So when you watch it, it's blurry because it's in 3D, but you get the, the gist of it. 
it's it's pretty cool. I really wish I could go do this thing because uh, you're on a transport copter and you're you're you know you, unit one's holding you and you're watching unit one, uh, unit zero and unit two fight Shin Godzilla and get their asses handed to them. Uh, the animation is awesome. They're like grabbing onto his tail. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Godzilla's blasting, you know, ener- you know, the beam out of his spikes. Shingador shows up. He has awesome new powers. He's got like proper gravity beams where he can warp the gravity around him. So there's a scene Godzilla- Shin Godzilla blasting him, and he just he fractions off the beam. Uh, he can he has a uh, uh, instead of just the the gravity the the lightning attacks, he shoots a like a almost like a tractor beam, kind of like what Gypsy Danger or yeah Gypsy Avenger does in the second um, Pacific Rim movie, where they got that gravity slinger. It's like that shoots a beam out, lifts things up, and you tosses things. It's fantastic. Not only that, but he moves like a snake. I love it. I absolutely love it. I went out the second I saw. They had a figure that was a Universal exclusive. I went online. I dropped nearly 100 bucks buying this thing. I don't regret it. He is fantastic. The only thing I I wish I could grab was one of those popcorn buckets. That was the Mechagodzilla head with the Unit 1 uh, uh, decal paint. Um, I do hope, I hope against hope, that uh, some Toho, Studio Car, one or the other... They release this ride once it's done because it ends, I think, in August. They release the whole attraction as a bonus feature on a DVD or something, or put it online because I would love to see a proper clean version of this. And not only that, I kind of want Shingidora to be canon somewhere because I absolutely adore the shit out of this design. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, I will try to find a copy. I'll put it in the show notes so you can go watch it there. You get a chance. It, again, it's all secondhand, so you're kind of just you're viewing it through the eyes of what I'm assuming is like an iPhone but it's the best we can do right now um, but I, uh, it, really, I, it really makes me hope that we are entering the looking glass on getting a non-canon you know animated film of what what is essentially like a money making joke I would love for an animated um, Shin Godzilla versus uh Evangelion film. It doesn't have to be canon at all. They do this kind of crap all the time in Japan. All Non-canon. It doesn't matter. It's just we're having some fun. I, I hope. I hope. And I hope that we get something of, you know, we get Ano and Higuchi's take on a bunch of the other different kaiju. So instead of Evangelion's, the the Evangelion's fighting angels, they're fighting kaiju. It's, it, it would be, it would, it would truly show what a magnificent future we are living in. So, uh, we'll we'll see we'll see this thing's proven to be pretty popular the merchandise is flying off the shelves it's going for buku bucks on the secondary market uh, so it tells me that we we're not done seeing the end of this and uh, if you haven't you know if you're not on the Ava train yet it's on Netflix now you can go watch it there and then this Saturday as of this recording the final film uh, of the rebuilt Evangelion series is going to have its um, trailer premiere we're probably going to get a release date for it then. So it's it's you know it's it's hot right now. Uh, now I could definitely I could definitely see you know Toho wanted to you know milk more money out of this and allowing more merchandise and it, give me a, an hour OVA. That's all I want. I want one hour original hand drawn animation too. I don't want CG. I want hand drawn animation. So yeah, you know so, something something to look forward to. Something to sink your teeth in. All right, uh, business. Um, we are in con season now. 
and we have a few things coming up. Uh, the reason why, again, like I said at the top of the show, Jessica's not here. She is busy prepping those, and I am going to promote them. Um, I don't I don't have what she has working on for Anime Expo, so if you're in Anime Expo, she'll be around there working on some stuff. But uh, two weeks from now is G-Fest in Chicago. Jessica and I will be there. We have our panel is Saturday at 11 a.m. in Ballroom 1. We're going to be talking about uh, the legendary stuff. Uh, I don't know what Jessica has up her sleeve um, quite yet for the panel. She's working on it, though. You guys got to know, when we do panels, she's the one in charge of all this stuff. I am just there to look pretty. Um, So she hasn't told me quite yet what we're doing. I just know that we're going to be talking about the um, legendary films. It also seems like no one else at the show really is focusing on that stuff, and that's fine. We'll be the ones to do it. Uh, so, 11 a.m., Ballroom 1, Saturday. Uh, we are, unfortunately, against the Shootsgate Kaneko panel, so if you can't get into that, come say hi to us. We'll have some fun. Uh, Jessica herself also has another panel. She's doing her Women of Kaiju once again. That is Sunday at 10 a.m., also in Ballroom 1, and her guests, let me pull them up here, are going to be... Oh, I just lost it. Ah, here we are. So, it will be Women of Kaiju Fandom. Again, 10 a.m., Ballroom 1, Sunday morning. It will be her, Morgan Frank, and Chloe Carroll. They will be, you know, giving the the fair sex perspective on uh, giant monsters and the fandom that we all love. She's also on a couple of other panels. Uh, she will be on Objectively, Scientifically, the Best Non-Godzilla Toho Kaiju Ever period. That is Friday at 1 p.m. And then Saturday, she will be on the Heisei Gamma Retrospective panel. Saturday, that is Saturday at 1 p.m. as well. So, she will be on four panels at all, all this weekend. And then we'll be walking around the show, because it's a small show. So, stop. Say hi. You see us. Say hi. Um, you know, we'll be at, we'll be hanging out, uh, especially afterwards, you know, on the patio at night, like everyone else does. And then uh, we get home Monday on the 15th. And then two days later, we're in a car heading down to San Diego, California for the granddaddy of them all, Comic-Con International. Uh, the official schedules aren't out yet. I know a few uh, bigger um, uh, bigger studios and stuff have been announcing their lineups. Uh, I Just because what Jessica said, I can't officially announce our lineup, but I can tell you we're doing a panel, and I can tell you it is going to be on Friday and it is going to be at the pub- San Diego Public Library again. That's all I can tell you. Um, I wish I could tell you what we're doing, because it's pretty big, it's pretty awesome, um, and you're going to want to be there if you are at Comic-Con. Uh, we will post, when we can, when they announce the panel, I'll post it to our Facebook page, to our Twitter, and to our, um, our Instagram, so... Uh, pay attention and probably about ooh, about the eighth or ninth you'll know what we're doing and it's it's awesome it's going to be pretty awesome and uh, you're going to want to be there so that's uh, Friday again I don't have a time or date stay tuned to the uh, to the website or I'm sorry to our Facebook page I'm sorry I'm tired it's a long day it's kind of hot um yeah so. With that being said, I think that's all the business we got to deal with right now. Uh, sorry for the short show. Again, just wanted to get a few things off my back. And plus, um, 
do you really want to hear my nasally drone for the next for a full hour? I don't think so. So I'm I'm, I'm not going to torch you guys that much more. Uh, again, uh, you can follow us on YouTube. Uh, YouTube. Follow us on Facebook at the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are on Twitter at the Kaiju Kingdom, and also on Instagram. I do believe it's at the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast as well. Um, and stay tuned. Um, hopefully, I'll have something else up for you guys in the interim. And if not, you'll hear those lovely panels we have coming up. If you cannot make it um, to Comic-Con or G-Fest, those will be up in August. So you can hang out for that. Um, And, uh, yeah. So that will do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. For Jessica and myself, 